So this Ukraine situation, it's, it's really Afghanistan 2.0 when you think about it, right? It's, by the way, I have uh, Ari again with me. You know, yes, I know condolences uh, seem to apply. It's he'll, very necessary. He'll be sending the apology letters in writing very soon. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Afghanistan uh, was 1.0 and Ukraine is now Afghanistan 2.0. They're really very similar when you think about it. Uh, look, this is a big I told you so from both Ari and me. Uh, this was not a surprise, right? What, what is a surprise was that it was not a surprise. How about that? Right here's 130,000 troops on the border. And somehow we thought, well, that, that, there's nothing to see here, right? This is just a bunch of, this is a big show. With all the tanks and the planes and everything else, it's all a big show. It's just designed to extract something. Whatever that extraction is, we don't know. But it's designed to extract and to fool and to intimidate and cause great concern. And then, then somehow he'll get America or whoever to say, what do you want? We'll give it to you. Okay? And then there was the diplomacy talk. And then they talked about how the Ukrainians in Ukraine itself were yeah, going about their daily lives as, as if nothing was happening. And they didn't seem fretful at all, so therefore we shouldn't be fretful. It won't be a big deal. And, you know, Putin doesn't want uh, the, the pipelines to be cut off from him, so he would be a fool if he invaded. Uh, and then he invades. Okay, we're talking on the day of the full invasion of Ukraine by Putin and his Russian army. Uh, and, and then we're also surprised. But listen, we, we've talked about this before, that, that in history, you could look at history as a series of surprises. Every major event that you've ever studied in school is a sort of surprise, right? Pearl Harbor, surprise, right? The American Revolution was a surprise. We weren't supposed to win that. That was a big surprise, okay? The Russian Revolution was not supposed to happen. The communists weren't supposed to take over Russia. They were supposed to take over some industrialized nation. They didn't. And surprise, it was in Russia. Okay, the 9-11, the, uh, surprise. Hitler, the rise of Hitler and fascism, generally speaking, he won't be anything. He won't do anything. Surprise. Everything is a series of surprises. Things that nobody expected. And here we are. All right, Hiroshima, that was a surprise at least to the Japanese. Everything that you can look back on historically is in some form or another a surprise. Perhaps it's intended as such, sometimes it's not, right? So I can give many more examples. World War I is, is, is itself a surprise. Nobody, they thought that was the great war that was going to end all wars. Of course, we had many more wars after that. Uh, so, but here we are with this latest surprise, which shouldn't have been a surprise, and we're all kind of caught behind the eight ball. We don't know what to do with ourselves. Certainly, the Biden administration doesn't know what to do with itself. Uh, and where, okay, so let, let's just talk about this very simply. People are wondering, you know, why would Putin do this? Why, 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 right? Putting aside the obvious stuff that there are resources in Ukraine, which would be very tantalizing to any dictator. Uh, just put that aside for a second. <clears throat> you, you might say, well, why would he want to incur the wrath of the Europeans and, for that matter, America, and suffer the possibility of being considered a pariah uh, in the community of nations as if there's such a thing? Why? Why, why would he do this? 
Well, how about this? Because that's what every single dictator who's ever sought to expand his empire has ever done. They do it for land. They do it for power. They do it for glory, more importantly. It's as if, you know, Ari, it's as if they forgot all of history. They forgot. Are you you making the supposition that Joe Biden has forgotten something? (laughs) You know, that's a fair question. But but they've forgotten all of the, the... the Alexander the Greats, right? Uh, of course, Julius Caesar, Attila the Hun, for that matter. Um, the the uh, the Vikings. You name it. There was somebody who wanted to control land, and why did they do it? Not even necessarily for the resources. They did it for glory. They did it for the sense that the world will will think more highly of them. This is the way it works in dictator land. You have to think like that. So instead, you have people like George Friedman from, I, f- I forget what uh, his organization is, a nice guy, very intelligent, who uh, wants to talk about the general areas of, uh, of, of how geopolitics work and such, and he's the expert and such. And just yesterday, just yesterday, he was talking about how Russia will do nothing. It's all a big feint that these $130,000, how, yeah, $130,000 troops, what are they going to do? No, they'll be stuck in the mud. It won't work. They need to supply their tanks with food and gas, and they can't do that. He had all sorts of reasons why it would never happen. And that very night, that very night, it happened anyway. Sorry, George. It, and, and then the, the whole talk was about somehow uh, Russia was going to do this because it wanted a buffer zone. Right, putting aside the fact that Russia is the largest country in the world, right, it, as if it of all countries needs a, a buffer zone. Uh, but why would it need a buffer zone? It doesn't have to worry about any. And 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 he was saying that it had it has a sort of um, a paranoia, a PTSD with regard to Napoleon invading Moscow and Hitler trying to invade Moscow. And those were, you know, tra- traumas <clears throat> in Russian history, and therefore they want to avoid this by having Ukraine win this be a great buffer. That's not the way Putin thinks. That's not the way any leader like Julius Caesar or Alexander the Great. You think those two grabbed their land because they wanted a buffer to preserve Roman and, and Greek culture, respectively? It, it's such an absurd argument. The reason why Putin is doing what he's doing is because he wants greater glory for Russia and for himself. Am I missing anything? Yeah. All right, let's, let's hear from the great Ari. Well, the, the first reason he's doing this is because Joe Biden invited him in with the Argle Bargle press conference of about a month ago. Well, well this is, okay. that's a little bit different than what that's, I'm saying. That's what Wait, no, no, I'm, no, no you, hold on. You're, you're saying... I, I'm, I understand what enables him to do it, but why he wants to do it is for glory. Um, that's well, what I'm saying. Uh, the, but but the, 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 the circumstances that, that have let him do it, that's what you're talking uh, about. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you. Circumstance, uh, and there's another circumstance I'm going to mention, but I'm also going to mention a why, which is this. Um, although he's not a doctrinaire Marxist, which is an important point we'll address later on, he is not a totally free market guy. There's an oligarchy kleptocracy culture in Russia that 
means that people who are in with the in crowd do very well and a lot of people don't. And as a result, the... Well, well, that would be true in every, uh, every empire, right? There's yeah, always that case. Yeah, to a certain extent, yes, of course. But the uh, part of this is Russian cultural uh, internal consumption. You know, so yeah, the glory argument is good for Mother Russia, Russian glory. And it's really interesting that you opened with Afghanistan. And yeah, there's a 1.0 Afghanistan uh, uh, or foreign policy humiliation followed by a 2.0 foreign policy humiliation. Yeah. Uh, great point. But there's a little more nuance to it that I think is fascinating. And I want to make a quick point about China and have you sort of delve into sort of both points through as we converse about it. Uh, there's, there's sort of a historical pattern here and uh, pattern recognition and historical footnotes and sort of a, a callback to things past. Mm -hmm. uh, in 1979, the Soviet Union invades Afghanistan. Reagan gets elected in 80. Reagan gets re-elected re in 84. And around 86, 87, the Russians, the Soviets, the Soviet communist Russian amalgamation has its ass handed to them for various reasons in Afghanistan and leaves an absolute humiliation, leading, among other things, to the eventual downfall of the Soviet Union and the breakup of it. The Putin, in many ways, is not, is not a dummy. He saw us humiliated in Afghanistan in August. He sees Trump losing to Biden, which would be a historical echo as if Mondale had beaten Reagan in 84. History would be very different for the Soviet Union had that happened. But here, ooh, it happened. So there's a reconstitution ideas and patterns in Putin's mind, I believe, about how he's seeing these things. And he's seeing that it's his time. Now, I may want to make one quick point about China. What I also think is going on is this is a test. This is a test of Biden's resolve, which we know is, does, is non-existent, and what Biden's response patterns are going to be. And we know that Xi and Putin are buddies. We just know that. And wouldn't it make a lot of sense, pattern recognition-wise, for Chi, who we know wants to take over Taiwan, to say to his buddy Putin, why don't you go into Ukraine and see how the West responds to it. And then I'll be able to gauge what their response will be when we go into Taiwan in a few months. If I was Biden right now, and I'm not, because my brain works, my immediate chess move would be, screw Ukraine. I'm going to put 200,000 American troops on the ground right now in Taiwan. Yeah. You know, okay. So that's that's a that's a very good point. That that's the real stopgap. Because one other very quick point: Ukraine has very little national interest, strategic purpose for America. Taiwan has enormous. Taiwan has taken over. We are facing a world of hurt. So I wanted to get into Taiwan as well, and I certainly agree with you that uh, China is watching. Taiwan is watching, for that matter. Iran is watching, vis-a-vis uh, -vis its nuclear ambitions as well. And it only goes to show, Ari, that the, the, the what's the word I'm looking for, the, the thin thread of the semblance of power and the projection of power and authority that America has, and for that matter, the West has over the rest of the world. This sense of, you better watch out, 
because America is watching and the Western powers are watching, but especially America. And you can only do so much mischief because, you know, we're watching. You don't know what we're going to do, so watch out, okay? But we now know how thin that little thread is of, of control, of, of that, a sense of authority, of a sense of watch outism, if you want to call that. I know that's not a word, but it's, I call it watch outism. The listeners know what that yeah. means. Yeah. So uh, when, when Trump was president, Putin wouldn't have dared to do this. No. China would not have dared to even go into the airspace of Taiwan, as it has been doing repeatedly since Biden has been president. Uh, and Iran would not think that it uh, has some sort of muscle to renegotiate uh, the Iranian deal. In fact, to, to, to send the American diplomats, you know, packing, uh, saying, we don't even want to talk to you about this. So, you know, it, it, was, it was what snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. This is what the Biden administration has been doing so well. So you have all this. And yes, of course, the world is watching, not just our enemies, but our allies. Allies who now know that America cannot be trusted. The Afghanis, they'll be the first ones to tell you that. The Ukrainians will be saying, uh, you know, I second that motion, right? We can't trust you guys. And who knows what else? The Taiwanese. Look, the, the, the good people of Hong Kong have learned it too. And look, I mean, Hong Kong was a British, uh, you know, province, as it were. Uh, so it was really Britain's issue, so to speak. But America could have done a lot more in that regard. It didn't. Um, but I, I, what are we going to do, put a bunch of troops in, in Hong Kong? I mean, I, I don't know about that. But the point is that everyone is watching, and it's so easy. This chess move, as you correctly said it, Ari, is that Taiwan is just looking at biding its time, waiting to see, as you said, how America will react, or better yet, will not react. Uh, and then it will go into Taiwan. Now, Taiwan has its own issues. It's a mountainous uh, island, basically. It's very hard to kind of conquer from land. It might be easy to conquer from the, from the air. But conquer from land and, and sea, that's, that's a big challenge. And it has a population that wants to not be ruled by yeah. CCP. Yeah, it's a, it's a very a different, lot. yeah. They have a great sense of freedom, unlike that of Ukraine. Ukraine and Russia are not too different from one another. They're both despotic countries. They're both corrupt at the very least. So it's very interesting. Now, it would have been just, you know what Biden could have done to at least delay this, this situation? is to just shut the frig up, right? That's all I have to do. In other words, yeah. what should he have done? Not a damn thing. Remember, on February, I think, um, uh, on January 19th, he opened his damn mouth. He started argle-bargling, mumble-jumboing, saying God knows what. Yeah. Limited, limited, blood. Come on, man. You know the thing. You know what? <laughs> think about it. Okay, so well, you know, so it's, it's specifically it's a green light. Specifically, he gave green lights all over the place. He said, "Just in case you're wondering, Putin, we have no plans whatsoever, and we will not. Let me make this very clear: we will not get in a hot war with any Russian troops. We will not be uh, providing military support for the Ukrainians. We will not. Okay, we we just won't do it at all." And, uh, you know, you, you, why did you say anything? Right. That, part, part of the reason why you have this thin thread that we've been talking about and part of the reason why it works is you always want to leave the impression to your enemies 
that they don't know what the frig you're going to do. In poker, it's called bluffing. Yes. In life, it's called lying. Just lie and say, yeah, you come in here, we're going to send 80,000 troops there and bomb the hell out of you. Well, Just the, talk. At the very least, don't telegraph what you intend or, or intend not to do. Yeah. Don't, don't show your freaking cards, okay, to use your, your yes. poker analogy. And, and that's what he's done. Now, all, okay, so how does this come to pass, right? I mean, we could talk about the fact that they want this to happen. Uh, you know, there's a part of me that thinks that as well. But the they, Biden as a man is such an incompetent fool. He's so lack, not only lackluster, but he just has nothing upstairs in his head. And he, he, you know what? He reminds me of the kid in high school that on the basketball team, he doesn't know how to play basketball. And he's, he's just a third string guy. And as soon as you put him in, he, he, he runs to the wrong side, <laughs> the wrong basket. And everyone's yelling at him, don't do that. And, they, and he thinks that they're cheering him on, right? That's who Biden is. He's always going the wrong direction. And he manages to score for the, for the other team. So I, that's, that's the guy that we're dealing with. Now, I was on, uh, it's funny, I was on Black News Channel just this morning, BNC. Very liberal station. Uh, for some reason, they always want me on. It's very nice. I'm, I'm flattered. They, they seem to like me. I like them. But to their credit, they let me speak. Uh, about why I think that they're wrong and why conservatism is good, and not only for, for everyone, but for, for blacks in particular uh, and minority groups all over the place. And, you know, you get the idea. So I, the, the very nice uh, host says, and he's very left, remember, he says, well, if Putin is, is such uh, and, and Trump was such, well, then what, what, uh, what does that make Biden? And I said... That makes Biden Jimmy Carter. He is just like Jimmy Carter. And this guy jumps in. How can you say that? That's a ridiculous conversation. And then and the, a ridiculous point. And then I jumped in and I said, look at how you're talking. I'm so glad you finally recognize the incompetence and danger that Jimmy uh, Carter gave the world. It took you decades to figure it out. But now my analogizing and likening uh, Joe Biden to Jimmy Carter is itself a horrendous insult to you and that, that you want to jump in there. I just think it's very cute. And I said, you know, in a few decades from now, perhaps you'll say the same thing about Joe Biden. Okay. And, and someone will say, he's just like Joe Biden. You'll say, well, no, don't go that far. Well, That's what's going to well, happen. Hopefully we'll never have a president this bad again. I would also make one point about that, which is the, the he should have been offended because Joe Biden is so much worse than Jimmy Carter. Of course he is. I mean, so of course he is. Worse. So much worse. Uh, I, yes, I would rather have Jimmy Carter, but Jimmy Carter was, I guess his crime was that he, he had such high expectations, and, but such a wrong impression of the way the world works. And he uh, plugged in a certain uh, form of diplomacy thinking that obviously just didn't work. Look, this, this goes to our big picture here, which is when in history have the following worked? Okay, I just want to know. You can tell me. You can email me at info at lurry-law.com if you like. That's fine. Uh, when has diplomacy ever worked? Okay? Between one dictator and another dictator or one dictator and a democracy? Okay? Just, just tell me. It, you won't be able to find a single example. Now, before you say, wait a minute, what about when Ronald Reagan went to Reykjavik and sat down with Gorbachev? And uh, there wasn't there a sort of diplomatic, uh, you know, breakthrough there. 
No, there wasn't. As you will recall, uh, Ronald Reagan actually got up from the table and said, bye-bye. Right. He rejected. There was no agreement reached, and, uh, and he, he specifically set out not to reach an agreement. Right, because what people don't remember is because of what Ronald Reagan did, it forced the little short guy from the dictatorship to come to Reykjavik to beg Reagan for terms That's of right. peace. He was suing for peace, yes, exactly. and Reagan told him, I'm not getting rid of Star Wars, pound salt. It was that's, awesome. That's, it was awesome, and that's exactly that right thing to do. So there was nothing wrong with meeting, but don't think that that was, don't mistake that for actual diplomacy working. Okay, but that wasn't. It, but that wasn't us going to them. I, I yes, it wasn't us going to them, and you got it 100 percent right. So there's no other look. You can't say that uh, Neville Chamberlain when he went to Hitler. That that certainly didn't work, right? That was an example where diplomacy was used against us. Diplomacy is not for dictators. That's as simple as that. Okay, they 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 use and manipulate diplomacy. What about the Iranian deal? You say, okay, well, okay. Do I? I mean, really? You're going to go there? Example. Okay, so it was a disaster. We all know that. Even uh, you know, even Congress understood. Even even APAC, which is so neutral in these things, understood that this is a bad deal and went against Obama on this this particular issue. Okay, so then it begs the next question: When has this is like a new thing, right? Mm -hmm. If you go do X, we will impose sanctions on you. Now, that was one thing that he was very unclear about. I'll give him that, right? You didn't know where Biden was going to go with the sanctions, but you did know that it was only going to be sanctions, okay? And Biden said very comfortably in the press corps, there's going to be uh, sanctions, yeah. And he looked pretty serious like, and, and almost ominous, I got to tell you, but his most ominous face on possible. And uh, then it ended up being a big nothing burger. And if you're going to do sanctions, you do it ahead of time. If you're going to do it to deter somebody, as you claimed you were doing it for, then you don't give a nebulous, we're going to impose some, some sort of sanctions that we don't, can't even quantify right now. Uh, you do it before. You lay it all out. If you do X, we're going to have these massive amount of sanctions upon you, and it'll happen immediately. We are set to go. We will press that play button, and you will be sanctioned. Well, the, okay, now, now putting aside whether or not sanctions even work, but go ahead. Right, and the, the sanctions, the day of the Argo-Bargo press conference, that was the day the sanctions should have been imposed. And then if any further red lines were crossed, greater sanctions should have been imposed. Yeah. Greater ones. Yeah, that's exactly like, right. You know, I, I don't know what they are. I mean, you know, we could think about what could conceivably do, be done, but there's stuff out there. But the main sanction that Biden imposed today was on U.S. oil companies. Yeah. I, that's the, the nothing. All of this was provoked and made possible by Biden's green global uh, warming nonsense agenda that he imposed on day one of his presidency. The second he shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, this became possible and probably inevitable. And so if that's true, the answer is to reverse that. But because global warming is the greatest existential threat we face, according to these lunatic moron retards, and that's not a, uh, a an insult, it's just an accurate description at this right. point, um, they will not do that. The environmentalists love the fact 
Uh, I mean, not all the environmentalists, I suppose, but so many of the progressive environmentalists, the ones that are truly crazy, they, they, they're celebrating the, the price of gas going up and up and up. That's the way that works for them. They, they seem to enjoy that because that means it'll force more people to explore solar and wind, of course, not nuclear, solar and wind, and everything will be great bicycles. accordingly. Yeah, <laughs> bicycles. Yeah. So no, let, let, let me finish up this point. Uh, so... So one of the sanctions is that they're going to stop Nord Stream 2, right, this, this major oil supply. First of all, do you think, do you really think that Putin didn't think about that ahead of time, right? As if he's just, oh, I didn't realize that you had this, this so-called leverage against me. You, you really think that? How, how stupid can you be? You, you think that they didn't plan this out for uh, at least a year since Biden became president? They said, this is our opportunity. Let's plan this out. Of course they did. And then they'll say, what will the Americans do? Well, they'll threaten this. They'll threaten that. How do we get around that? What do you think? And they're going to get around this. And, and we're still buying oil from the Russians, this very same supply. So it's only going to hurt us. The sanctions that we're going to be imposing are going to be cutting off the supply of oil that we would otherwise buy for ourselves. So the, the people who are going to get hurt from it is us. Well, that, uh, this is the point I wanted to make real fast. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong in this uh, supposition, but I believe this may be the first war in history caused by environmentalists. That's the first thing. The second is about the Nord Stream 2 is that's not imposing a sanction on Russia. Like you said, they have many conduits to transport and ship oil out of the country. That's not the only one. And oil is a hot commodity right now. They'll, f they'll find a buyer, right? It's a sanction on Germany. Now, Trump had blocked that pipeline with the understanding that Germany should not be dependent on that supply because of the demands that guy may make on Germany. But, oh, he's in cahoots with Putin, right? But now here comes Biden and shuts down a pipeline. Oh, okay. So now the Germans can get the same oil but receive it by rail, which is less efficient, more expensive, and more dangerous, yeah. and pay more for that same oil. That's a sanction yeah. on the Germans, you idiot. Okay. So, but, right? you, but, but, you, but in fairness to Putin, and in fairness to Biden for that matter, Biden did insist that when the Russian troops invade Ukraine, that they do so in the most Carbon footprint neutral. neutral way possible, yeah. and I think that was really nice. Yeah. I really do. And and to add more, uh, the he he instructed, and this was very important to Biden, that the Russian troops, um, when they take prisoners, make sure to always respect the pronouns of the people that they are capturing. I, that was very important, and I yeah. I have to give Biden credit where credit is due. All right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not we're not all you know bashing of Biden here on the Brock Larry podcast. All right. No. <laughs> no. Uh, they're, they're, now, those are some funny-ass jokes you just said, but that pales in comparison to the actual thing tweeted out by a liberal, and you know what I'm going to say, right? That Karen. No. no oh. so that, yes and no. Some other liberal either yesterday or today tweeted that her concern about this invasion is because only 30% of the Russian troops are vaccinated. <laughs> I did. Oh my God, that's so absurd! I, I I cannot believe it. I I was just joking about the 
well, maybe maybe I wasn't the transgender right. pronouns thing, but and the climate change stuff. But seriously, the vaccination thing—that's hysterical. Yeah, this is what they care about. Okay, so John Kerry also said something equally preposterous, and actually, it turns out my joke was not that much of a joke altogether. I, and I want to get this right because John Kerry said specifically about climate change, right? So what did he say? He said, let me get something this. Something like, I hope this doesn't remove focus or something. Well, yeah, yeah. He said, I hope President Putin will help us stay on track with what we need to do for the climate. Yes. Okay. okay. So, 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 so this, this yeah. is the cute. Barack, uh, real fast. This is John Kerry, you're so adorable hold on, hold when you're on, crazy. Hold on. Um, I'm a strong, resolute person, but I need off this planet. Um, we're in a high rise with a window. Can you throw a brick through that window so I can jump out of it right now? Please. And so the last we ever heard of Ari David yeah, it's, it's for the best. was on the end of February of 2022. Yeah, it's for the best. He's a, he's a sweet man. Uh, so uh, really, to stay on track. But okay. The so, 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 the hold, hold, hold. of these people. So it is idiotic, of course. But there are two things to say about it. One is that that uh, the, the joke is that the, somehow Putin would even think this in the first place, right? But then that, that Kerry would think that this is a distraction and to stay on track, you know, it's like that in the Star Wars, stay on target, stay on target. It's my favorite movie, the really fat guy in the, in the, in the Jedi, uh, you know, space thing. So, uh, but that's what that John Kerry is telling it, the whole planet. Like, we should stay on target, stay on target. And the only target is climate change. We're going to be blown out of the sky, so to speak. Okay? This is nonsense. But that, that he himself believes that climate change is more important than any of this. Right? This is immediately happening to you. And you can't just put down your freaking climate change nonsense for 10 seconds and deal with what is happening, the barbarians at the gate, as it were. And you, putting aside whether or not, you know, we care about Ukraine and all that stuff and uh, the despotic nature of Putin and the, the corruptive nature of the Ukrainians themselves, put that aside. Assuming that this is important, okay, and it's a massive issue, you would think that Kerry would at least say something sensible and speak to the actual issue itself instead of climate change, climate change, climate change. The guy looks nuts. Uh, he is nuts. Anyone who wants to talk about global warming and the fight against global warming uh, at all, at the expense of every other issue, apparently, it shows that he's a maniac. He's a psychopath. Right, because it's the global warming policies that got us here. Yeah. You f idiot. Oh, we're at war. I can say fucking idiot. Right. He right. just, he, yeah, um, he, he believed in himself at first. It yeah. was very, very, very appealing well, at first, but here war. we are. Uh, but, you know, this, the same thing is like going on with, um, you know, we're in Los Angeles, so they banned the plastic straw here. But there's masks littered everywhere. Why don't they ban the mask, right? It's, it's like global warming is a luxury good. And it's, you're like the, the socialite from Beverly Hills who goes to work at the homeless shelter dressed up in your Chanel. Okay, right? so, so, and and okay. I want to just say one thing, that this is emblematic of the, the Canadian issue the other day and the, the, this, this thing that the Democrat Party is doing is this infantilism. These men who are children, it's very scary to me how immature, how childish, how foolish they are. Boot edge edge, Trudeau, you know, Kerry's behavior. Yeah. Will you drop your, your idiot immaturity and act like adults? Okay, so another way of putting it is that global warming is a first world problem. 
Yeah. How about that? And and it really is. But but I would say that's a first world problem if it were really a problem because it's not. It's it's a fantasy. It's a first world Hope. indulgence. It's a it's a it's an indulgence masquerading as a problem, and only the first world. You know, it could be impacted about or even could think about this in the first place. And it's a hoax. We, we all know that it's a hoax. You know, d- deadline after deadline has been passed. Uh, and, and none of the things that they predicted would happen have ever happened. It's madness. The yeah, whole thing just, is madness. They came out the other day with a new prediction. And they brilliantly lowered the number of feet they thought the ocean would rise and extended the time out. So instead of 13, it, it, okay, so in 2007, it's going to go up 13 feet by 2013. Oops, right? Now they're saying, well, it'll go up two feet by 2050. So what? So what? You know, evil is flourishing in the world. You know, tyranny, real problems. Okay, so uh, Ari's getting animated. You know, I, I, we always say don't talk about global warming in front of Ari David because you, know, you never know what he'll do. We got pissed. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite alarming, folks. And we let the global warming, you know, boogeyman out of the box, as it were. So, I, I'm, you know, I feel bad. I shouldn't have done that. But it's not really my fault. It's, it's John Kerry's fault. And the, and the first thing they can think about are these nonsense issues. Not only that, not only that, this is, you'll love this, because we, we talked about how during all this Ukraine stuff, they, you know, they, they didn't talk about the transgender stuff, in fairness, but I'm joking around about that. But they, they did. Give them a chance, they but they, might. but they did talk about climate change, right? And they, they did talk about, um, you know, John Kerry saying, stay focused on, on climate change, right? Um, and, and then on BNC today, and I, I love these guys, I, I, I say it with true love. So, I, I, I went to my, uh, my, my agent and I said, how are they going to, because I knew it was going to be talking about Ukraine, right? Because they always do this. How are they going to parlay this as a black issue? Because they always sa- seem to, you know, connect something to black issues at right. home. And this so, might be the whitest country on earth. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but anyway, so, I, so I, I just threw that as a rhetorical question because I knew it was going to happen. So sure enough... <laughs> <laughs> the show starts, and they start talking about the situation in Ukraine. Russia has invaded and, you know, gone into Kiev and this, this state and this city and that city, right? Uh, and, and mark my words, this will affect the black community right here at home, folks. <laughs> and I, I thought, wait, wait, waiting for it. Where is it? And he goes, well, because it's higher prices at the pump. Oh, right? snap. Snap. And therefore, it's going to hurt all of us. This is going to affect us dra- oh, dramatically. Oh, no, you don't. You damn don't go there. Oh, anyway, snap. It was really? a snap. snap but, thing. No, but th- this is a very important point. The price of gas, the price of meat. Uh, leave your veggie stuff out of this. Uh, <laughs> affects everyone. Okay? Everyone. Of course. And on every issue, you want issues that, the three issues that make the, anyone who's liberal conservative, price of gas, price of food, crime. Okay? And this affects those first two. Okay. So, so in fairness to BNC, look, I mean, they, it is Black News Channel. That's what it stands for. Yeah. And look, their mission is to see the news through the lens of the black community. And, and I get that. But that, that one was a real stretch. I, I got to tell you, it was a real stretch. It's one thing when you can say, OK, who is Biden going to choose for the Supreme Court? And it's going to be a black woman after all. So uh, that would be something of, of great interest to the black community. I get that. Uh, if they were going to talk about minimum wage, that's going to be affecting the black community. They're going to talk about unemployment, welfare, affirmative action. There's so many things that would affect the black community, even COVID to some extent, that uh, more blacks are affected by COVID. I, I get that. But Ukraine, really? I mean, that, that took a stretch. Anyway, look, what's so interesting about this is how everyone 
is seeing this through the lens that they want to see it through, right? So the COVID crazies want to see it through the lens of COVID, like you just talked about. The climate change people want to see it through the lens of climate change and stay on track, uh, Putin, right? Uh, the Black News Channel, like we just talked about, wants to see it through the, the lens of, of black people. And the environmentalists, of course, see it through their lens and everything else, okay? Everyone's got a lens. I, I get that, okay? Here's my lens. I see it through the lens of good and evil, God and godlessness. How about that? Okay? Because if you see it that way, you will understand it really well. You'll understand that there can be no uh, diplomacy working on it. Diplomacy doesn't seem to understand evil at all. It never works with evil. It only works when you're having two parties engaging in good faith. Right? That's, that's the way it works. That's what I do for a living. I'm a lawyer, and I have to trust that the other side is, with the hammer of a judicial system on them, they are suddenly much more cooperative, right? Um, and in a world without, likewise with the sanctions things that we talked about, only without God, only without understanding the nature of evil, can you engage, can you indulge in such flights of fancy of believing that diplomacy will work or that sanctions can work. Or that you can't even understand the basic reasons why Putin would be doing what he's doing. He's doing it because he can, because he needs glory, because he, he perceives it'll, it'll achieve greater wealth and power and might and something in the history books for himself. That's the way it is. That's what Alexander the Great wanted. That's what Julius Caesar wanted. The thing is that they, they were open about it, Right. And the rest of the world recognized that that's what they wanted. They didn't, they didn't ask themselves, well, maybe does Alexander the Great just want a buffer zone? You know, does Julius Caesar, will he be intimidated by sanctions? It, it, it doesn't work that way. The rest of the world understood exactly what was going on. And either they put up a, a good fight against him or they didn't. But in today's world, without God, without understanding what evil is and the way evil works, you get these bizarre flights of fancy to kind of explain or try to explain how evil works. Uh, or it, it, they don't even call it evil. Don't you get it? This is, this is the basic. This is, this is the way the world has always been. And, you know, I guess you could say, well, isn't this great? Because, you know, there's so many democracies in the world. We're so used to democracies and engaging with democracies and the way that democracies think that we, we make the terrible mistake of thinking that other countries think like us. They don't. They think like everyone used to think, all despotic leaders and empire builders used to think in, in the days of old, thousands of years ago. It's, it's no different. Putin is no different than Caesar or Alexander the Great or Attila the Hun. Okay, Now, he, he may have different tools, of course. He may have a little bit more pushback, but his desires are exactly the same. And the question is, will we let him indulge his desires or will we understand what it takes to push him back that's all that's all we need to understand but this administration doesn't and i dare say the left in this country the godless in particular will never clue in because they precisely because they do not have god and they do not have a sense of history that's why you're seeing what you're seeing i'm brock Lurie. thanks for listening and we'll talk with you next week.